Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoy the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. Well, if you would, turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3. Today we will be talking about the greatest gift of all, the gift of Jesus. Um, We have been looking at Romans uh, chapters 1 verse 18 all the way through the verse that we just finished, and it's all been about sin, talking about how we've all sinned both Jew and Gentile, that we've all sinned. And if we think we haven't sinned, then we are, are fooling ourselves because, uh, you know, uh, we, we think of, of the guy who's standing there saying, preach it, Paul, preach it, Paul. And Paul turns to them and says, I'm talking about you, right? Um, we, we've, uh, we've seen over the course of the last couple of chapters how uh, Paul here is talking about the universal condition of human beings, that we are all sinners before God, deserving of God's wrath and punishment. And now it's time to turn the corner. Amen? Now it's time to turn the corner, and we are going to be, be, be looking at a glorious, glorious passage here. Uh, in the commentary that I was reading along with this, uh, it said this may be uh, the heart. Uh, many c- uh, commentators call this the heart of the God, of the book of Romans, uh, right here in the passage we're looking at today. Now I want us to remember. Well, we'll just jump in and read the text, and then I'll come back and remind us. Beginning in verse twenty-one, says, "But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law." although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and and are justified by His grace as a gift. Through the redemption (coughs) that is in in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by His blood to be received by faith. This was to show that God's righteousness, this was to show God's righteousness because in His divine forbearance He had passed over former sins. It was to show His righteousness at the present time so that He might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we thank You for your word and we thank you for the gift that you have given us in Jesus or that you have uh, given us faith in him and that we are new creatures because of of what you have done for us in Jesus Lord give us eyes to see and ears to hear and hearts to understand and obey what we see in your word Lord, give me grace and strength as I preach your word in Jesus' name. Amen. I said I wanted to remind us of a couple of things. Back in chapter 1, 
One of the glorious verses we've already looked at is verse 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And that's followed up in it by saying, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, from faith for faith. Okay, so in that passage it says the righteousness of God is revealed through the gospel. (coughs) We said the saving righteousness of God is revealed in the gospel in that verse. Well, the very next verse says in verse 18, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness. So we have another thing being revealed. We have God's wrath. We have God's saving righteousness and we have God's wrath revealed from heaven. Now here we have another revelation and it's the same thing that we saw in verse 17. But now the righteousness of God has been manifest. There's a connection there between them. The righteousness of God has been made manifest. Now, Uh, First of all, let's look at these first two words. But now. But now. He's he's making a contrast here. Uh, There there was an old covenant. An old covenant uh, which was characterized by law and law keeping. And the law could never save us. Keeping the law could never do it because no one could keep the law. We were all... If, if what we could do was save ourselves by keeping the law, we'd all go to hell. But now, there's a new era. Starting with Jesus, there's a new era. because. But now, the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law. That is, uh, the, the works of the law. This is not a matter of of trying to work yourself up to be be able to to keep all the meticulous uh, laws because we all fall short of those things. There's a righteousness of God, a saving righteousness, which He has bestowed on believers that has manifested itself apart from the law. Then, He says, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. Now, when he talks about the law and the prophets, he's talking about the Old Testament. The law, the Torah, the first five books of the Bible. You've got Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And how, I've talked about it many times before, how the the law, that is, the, the Torah, the first five books of the Bible, point to Jesus. From the very third chapter, whenever we see that there's a promise that there would be a a son of the woman who would come and crush the serpent's head. I scare Amanda every time I do that. (laughs) I scare other people too. All right. From that moment and through his promises, the promise to Abraham that he he would have a son who would bless all nations. And, and the promise that, there would, that the scepter would not depart from Judah. All of those things from the, from the Torah all the way through the prophets. The prophets like Isaiah who promised that a virgin would be with child. And, and unto us a child would be born. Unto us a son would be given. And the government would be upon his shoulders. And his name would be called Wonderful Counselor, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. 
and some others that I can't remember off the top of my head. The law and the prophets bear witness to it. The Old Testament wasn't given as a failure. It was fulfilled in Jesus. This was God's plan all along that He would send His Son, Jesus. God knew from the very beginning that the law in itself would not be able to save. His promise was that He would send a Son, Jesus. The law of the prophets bear witness to it. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus for all who believe. Now, notice here, we don't have a sentence. In that, we, we've got, uh, if, in your punctuation, if it's like mine, it's got a little height, uh, uh, not a hyphen, but a, uh, a dash there after the prophets bear witness to it. The righteousness of God, God through faith in Christ in Jesus Christ for all who believe. So what's the, how does, what is the relationship of this to the rest of what's around it? Well, I think uh, he's explaining further the righteousness of God that he starts off with. But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law. What righteousness is that? Well, he explains it further. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. That's the righteousness that's been manifested now. (coughs) God's righteousness, His holiness, has been manifested through faith in Jesus for all who believe. He's given us the Gospel. And it's not about our works. It's not about trying to to be uh, better and build ourselves up and try to fix ourselves. No, the Gospel is about faith in Jesus. Trust in Him. He paid it all. By dying on the cross. He came, he, He lived a sinless life, and He innocently went to the cross on His own volition, went to the cross, and died a substitutionary death. He was our substitute. He paid our debt. He died in our place. And if we have faith in Him, then we get the righteousness of God imputed to us. The righteousness of Christ imputed to us. The next thing he says here, through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. Now, yes, this is about everyone who believes. If you believe now in Jesus, you are concluded in this. And anybody who we go and share this message to, if they believe, they are in Christ Jesus. But I think as part of the logic of this text here, remember... He's been talking about how we are all sinful. We're all sinful, both Jew and Gentile. He spent all of chapter 1 after verse 18 talking about how sinful the Gentiles are. And then he talked all through chapter 2 and up to this point in chapter 3 about how sinful the Jews are. And so whenever he says, for all who believe, I think in his original context, he's saying both Jew and Gentile. There's no distinction between what kind of person. He doesn't make any distinction on on race or, or religious background or anything like that. Anybody who believes 
both Jew and Gentile, and we can by extension say red and yellow, black and white, rich or poor, young or old, anybody who believes can be saved. And he follows this up. For there is no distinction. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. There he reminds us of this uh, thing that he's been telling us all along from chapter 1 to chapter 3. There's no distinction. That's why he says all who believe. There's no distinction between Jew and Gentile because both Jew and Gentile have all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And not only if we can say all, both Jew and Gentile, but we can say every person in this room and every person in this town and every person in this county and state and every person in this world. We have all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. To sin means that we have transgressed God's law. He has given us commandments. We have broken them. He has given us a law on our heart that uh, chapter 1 talked about, a law on our heart that we violate anyway. Even if, even if we never heard the, the Word, the, the laws of Scripture, we still had a law in our heart that we break and have fallen short of the glory of God. We were made for glory. Adam in his glory before the fall uh, he, 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 just imagine what he would have been like before the fall. He was made to live forever. And he was made and he was put in a perfect paradise where he could just go up to any tree and eat. And, and we were made for glory. We were made to worship God with all of our heart and all of our soul and all of our strength. And we have fallen short of that. And that's what makes it so there's no distinction. Both Jew and Gentile, we've all fallen short of that. But then he, let's follow the logic of this sentence. For all have sinned, that's one verb, and fall short of the glory of God, that's two verbs, and are justified by His grace as a gift. All, both Jew and Gentile, have fallen short. All have sinned. And all have been justified. Now that does not mean that every individual has been justified because it means faith in Jesus. You have to have faith in Jesus to be justified. But there is no distinction between Jew and Gentile. There is no distinction between red, yellow, black and white, whatever color, whatever uh, socioeconomic status, no matter any, any education level, whatever. All can be justified. And there is no other way to be justified but through Jesus. And all are justified by His grace as a gift. It's a gift. And by, by His grace as a gift is kind of uh, almost uh, redundant. That's what grace is. It's a gift. Right? By His grace as a gift. I mean, if I give Amanda a birthday present... She doesn't have to do anything to earn for it, earn it, right? She doesn't have to pay for it or anything like that. She doesn't even have to do good behavior for it. It's just her birthday, so I give her a present. Okay. <laughs> right? Um, in that way, salvation is a gift. We don't earn it. 
We don't earn it by law keeping. It is a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Now, being a gift, it says it's grace. It's free. We are justified freely by His grace through the redemption, and redemption is about a payment. It's free for us, but it costs Jesus through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Redemption, you know, you you take a coupon and you redeem a coupon, right? Or you might redeem a gift card. Um, Through the redemption, it's talking about a purchase that was made. He bought us with His blood. The redemption that is in Christ Jesus who put forward who God put forward as a propitiation by His blood to be received by faith. Notice here again, the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward. So God put forward Jesus. He he presented Jesus as a propitiation. There's a big word we don't use in English anymore. We see this in the Bible, but uh, propitiation is a sacrifice that satisfies divine justice. Uh, You might say that it's something that appeases the wrath of God. And before Jesus, before we have trusted in Jesus, we are God's enemies. He is angry with us for our sin before we trust in Jesus. He is angry with sin. And God put Him forth as a propitiation. First of all, who put Him forth? God did. God took the initiative to appease His own anger towards us. He was the one who took the initiative. We didn't have to come up with some kind of a man-made religion to try to do it. God revealed it Himself. God sent His own Son. God put forward Jesus as that propitiation. And the propitiation is a sacrifice. (coughs) Jesus died on the cross to satisfy the anger of God. Justice was paid. See, God is just. He is righteous. He is holy and He cannot just sweep sin under the rug. Someone has to pay whenever sin happens. And Jesus came and He took that payment. He he made that payment. He was the propitiation. He was the one who satisfied God's wrath for our sin by His blood. He was the sacrifice. The whole Old Testament talked about a sacrificial system where people would take a, a lamb or a goat or a, or a calf or something and sacrifice it and the, the sins of the people were supposed to go on the sacrifice and, uh, and, and it was a, an idea of a replacement. Yet David himself tells us that the blood of bulls or goats could never take away sin. It was all pointing forward to the fact that Jesus would one day come and He would be the perfect Lamb of God to take away the sins of the world. Propitiation by His blood 
To be received by faith. This is how we receive it. We don't work for it. We, we don't go through any kind of uh, uh, program to get it. We believe. We look to Jesus and our eyes are opened. We look to Jesus and we believe He did this for me. We trust in Him. We throw ourselves on His mercy. Jesus did this for me. For all who believe, receive Him by faith. Now, this, this being God putting forth His Son Jesus to be a propitiation for our sin, this was to show His righteousness at the present time. Why did God give a propitiation for sins? And we might initially say, well, because He loved us so much and He wanted to save us. Well, yes, He did love us so much and He did want to save us. But here the text tells us something different. This was to show God's righteousness. He sent Jesus to become the propitiation in order to show His righteousness. God had a very God-centered motivation. It was to show His own righteousness that He sent Jesus to be a propitiation. It says, this was to show God's righteousness because in His divine forbearance He had passed over former sins. His forbearance is His patience. God is patient. He is long-suffering. He is slow to anger. And from the passage that uh, uh, Mike read this morning from Exodus, and it's, it's, it's actually in several different places where this description of God, God is... Uh, uh, he is uh, uh, slow. Uh, I can't even think of all of them. Uh, patient and kind and, and slow to anger. And, but he will by no means clear the guilty. He is both forgiving and he is just. How do those things fit together? Because if he's forgiving, then. He forgives us, and we don't have to pay that punishment that we deserve. But if He's just, how does He overlook our sin? If He's just, well, I mean, a human judge, if we go before a judge on earth, and uh, he, you know, he just says, well, okay, you're forgiven, but we've really guilty, we've done the crime, we'd say that that judge was unjust. Well, how can God be both just and forgiving? And I think this gets to the heart of it here. God put forth Jesus as a propitiation to show God's righteousness because in His divine forbearance, in His patience, He had looked over sins previously committed. He had passed over former sins. And think about all the Old Testament saints who we're going to see in heaven one day. Abraham, David. And not a one of them was sinless. 
We think it's about David who committed adultery. We think about Abraham who... Um, oh, David committed adultery and murder. Uh, you got Abraham who... Uh, uh, didn't believe God and ended up going and having another child with another woman that wasn't his wife. You got, you got Jacob, and we just went through all that stuff with Jacob. And we see all the things that he messed up with. How could God forgive all those things? A punishment had to be made. It was all leading forward to Jesus who would be that propitiation. God had to have a propitiation to show that He is both just and forgiving. <coughs> and that's what He says in the next sentence. To show, it was to show His righteousness at the present time so that He might be both just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Both just. He is just. He is He is. Uh, he is a good judge who judges rightly and He will punish sin. And on the other hand, He is the justifier. He is able to de- declare righteous people like Abraham, people like David, people like you and me when we have faith in Jesus. He is both just and the justifier. And the only way that those two can be together, that he could be both just and the justifier, is by sending his son Jesus to pay the punishment for us. He did this so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus comes down to this trust in Jesus. Don't trust in your own works. Don't keep trying to just be a better person. Trust in Jesus. He's the one who took care of it all. He paid it all. Look to Him and you will be forgiven. He has justified all those who have faith in Him. Look to Him. Trust in Him. He is a good and just God who has justified those who have faith in Him. Thank you for listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For more information, please visit us at RedeemerBaptistPanama.com or you can like us on Facebook.